it is now time once again for me to use my PSA announcement voice whilst creating a warning that is way too specific even for this episode. Warning. This episode contains triggering topics such as playing Fruit Ninja, but old school style with an axe and people's bodies. Listener discretion is advised. So you've probably heard of the Lizzie Borden house. It's haunted or whatever. And maybe you yourself have sung that infamous nursery rhyme. I, however, am not going to sing it because I would make your ear holes bleed. Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. Don't you just love a good and definitely not horrifying nursery rhyme? Yeah, anyways, although this case is so famous, you may not know who Lizzie Borden is. So I'm going to give you some background information. Lizzie Borden was born on July 19th, 1860 in Fall River, Massachusetts. This making the case take place in the Age of Enlightenment. After learning about this case, I am no longer so sure about how enlightening the 1800s actually were. So yeah... Lizzie's mom, Sarah Anthony Borden, died when Lizzie was two years old. She died from uterine congestion and spinal disease. Her father, Andrew Jackson Borden, an eighth-generation high-society gentleman who owned three major cloth mills, married shortly after the death of his wife. Two years to be exact. So, he was a player. Back then, whenever a family member died, that family would go into a period of grieving. This period of grieving was incredibly important for the widow or widower, so I'm not entirely sure how Andrew found a new boo thing whilst grieving. Okay, so what happened? August 4th, 1892 at 92nd Street in Fall River, Massachusetts, Lizzie Borden was accused with the murder of both her parents. It was 11 at night when Lizzie screamed for her sister because someone had killed her father. After police had searched the body of Andrew Borden, Adelaide Churchill had discovered the body of Abby Borden, Lizzie's stepmother, whom she wasn't very fond of, so... She's a little suspicious, yes. Something interesting that I found was that Abby's body was found cold while Andrew's was found still warm, meaning that Abby had been killed earlier in the day. So this case is pretty interesting to say the least. I mean, you have a 19th century wealthy woman who went ham and chop sueyed her parents. So of course the trial in itself is also very interesting. The trial of Lizzie Borden opened on June 5th, 1893 in the new Bedford courthouse before a panel of three judges. And the defense team and prosecution team for this case 
was also pretty interesting because it involved very notorious people, at least for back in the day. These names I'm about to list off, you probably have no idea who the heck these people are. Just keep in mind that they were hot stuff back then. So the defense team included Andrew Jennings and George Robinson, who was the former governor of Massachusetts, and the district attorney, Knowlton, and Thomas Mooney, who argued the case for the prosecution. This trial was pretty normal up until Moody decided to carelessly show certain evidence during the trial. He had the skulls of the Borden's parents, and he also had a bag containing the head of the axe that was used in the murders. And the head of the axe was still covered in the blood of Andrew and Abby. Upon this great reveal of the evidence, Lizzie fainted. I mean, even if she wasn't guilty, it's still shocking to see the skulls of your parents and the murder weapon. But beyond just this evidence that was going against Lizzie, there's several other pieces of evidence. So like with most trials, you have a witness testimonial, but this one is pretty interesting because there's this one detail that mirrors each other pretty perfectly. So we begin with Bridget Sullivan, who testified that Lizzie was the only person she saw in the home at the time of her parents' murder. Sullivan also testified that Andrew and Abby Borden experienced stomach pains on the day before the murders. Then there was Alice Russell, who went on to describe a visit from Lizzie the night before. Lizzie had said that she was going to go on vacation soon because she felt that something is hanging over me. I cannot tell what it is. Russell also mentioned, just like Sullivan, that Lizzie's parents were facing a severe stomach sickness which Lizzie had attributed to bad baker's bread. Lizzie also stated, I feel afraid something is going to happen. Lizzie told Russell that she wants to go to sleep with one eye open half the time for fear somebody might burn the house down or hurt her father because he was so discourteous to people. The jury deliberated an hour and a half before returning with its verdict. Lizzie Borden was, drumroll please, thank you, thank you, not guilty. I'm just going to let that sink in for a bit. Yeah, okay. They came to this decision because the prosecution failed to meet its burden of proving guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. The case rested largely on the argument that it was impossible for anyone else to have committed the crime. They claimed that the suspicious actions on Lizzie's part wasn't enough for a conviction. I think it's pretty strange that she wasn't seen as guilty, especially with all this evidence going against her. These are some of the most supporting claims that I could find. So, on August 3rd, 
the day before the murders, witnesses identified Lizzie Boarding as having visited Smith's drugstore in Fall River, where she attempted to purchase a poison prussic acid. On that same night, Lizzie visited a neighbor, Alice Russell, we talked about her earlier, and told her that she feared that someone, an unidentified enemy of her father's, might try to kill him. At the time of the murder of Andrew Borton, Lizzie claimed to have been in the loft of the backyard barn for 15 to 20 minutes. Police found it difficult to believe anyone would voluntarily remain in such a hot place for as much as 20 minutes. They also found no footprints in the loft that could substantiate Lizzie's story. Here's also some other fallouts. They also found no force of entry into the house, so the murderer had to have been already inside the house to commit the act. In 1891, cash and jewelry were stolen from the master bedroom in the Borden home. It was an open secret that Lizzie was suspected as having been the thief because she had also been accused by several local merchants of shoplifting. On August 7th, three days after the murders, Alice Russell observed Lizzie burning a blue corduroy dress in a kitchen fire. She claimed the dress had been burned because it was covered in paint. These were just a few points that police used in order to claim Lizzie committed the murders. I originally wanted this episode to be about Charles Manson or Jeffrey Dahmer and their trials since they're both from Ohio, just like me, or maybe even the Menendez brothers because that case is a lot, like there's just so much to talk about. But I felt the need to talk about this case because although it is a famous case, I don't see it talked about as much as your other famous cases. Maybe it's due to the fact that it's so old, so it's you know, not unreasonable to consider the fact that it was probably swept under the rug. I've heard of Lizzie Borden. I mean, her house is a haunted bed and breakfast, but I didn't know she was like a real, real person. I thought she was one of those Bloody Mary or La Urena types. But no, she's real and a crazy axe murderer. How fun. I guess I'm never going to Massachusetts now, especially considering the fact that After this trial, this crazy lady decided to live it up with her sister and buy a estate, which they named the Maplecroft. Lizzie didn't die until 1927, making her 67 years old. So she lived a pretty long life for back then. She was buried by the graves of her parents in Fall Rivers Oak Grove Cemetery. Was that a good decision? I don't know. I can imagine their ghost being like pretty uncomfortable about laying next to the person who most likely murdered them. Again, this sounds like a soap opera, but I'd actually watch this one. 